Good morning, my friends, and welcome to yet another incredible installment of Weekend Update. From very high above, all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. There is only one show in the great Cowboy State that could possibly ever make this claim, that I am documented to be almost always right, 98.97% of the time. The other 1.03% is just meaningless arguments that I like jalapeno peppers and pineapple on my pizza, and I own a Japanese motorcycle. But other than that, my friends, the rest of the time, I'm right, and I almost always am. Could you possibly ever understand how it feels to be one of these other so-called journalists that works at the cow pie or at the Red Star, having to comprehend that I and cowboy state politics are right way more than they are? The truth is, they've probably gotten used to it by this point. Well, let's get to the program, my friends. We begin this morning with Senate Rule 2-8. You see, both the House and the Senate in Cheyenne have rules— though most of the time leadership tries to skirt around them as much as they possibly can. But there are rules, nonetheless, that they have to be held accountable to. Truth is, in any legislative body in America, everybody that participates in the legislature has to agree to the rules before they start their session. It makes sense. I mean, imagine a baseball game where the two teams haven't agreed upon the rules before the first at-bat. They wouldn't be able to play the game at all. So in any case, every game has rules, and the people that participate in it have to agree to them. Senate Rule 2.8 is entitled Changes in Committee Membership, and I quote, No change shall be made in any committee except by a vote of the majority of the members of the Senate. The President of the Senate may appoint a member to fill any vacancy, blah, 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 blah. The rest is not important for today's discussion. What is pertinent to today's discussion is how those individuals end up on a committee and how they might be removed. Earlier this week, the Cowpie reported that Senate President Wilford Brimley, also known as Ogden Driscoll, is attempting to remove Senator Dave Kinski as the chair of appropriations. The article's entitled, Driscoll Boots Kinski to the Curb, will name Nethercott as chair of Senate Appropriations Committee. And I quote, In response for missing the most important, quote, the most important committee meeting of the year, end quote, Wyoming Senate President Ogden Driscoll said he's removed Senate Vice President Dave Kinski as chairman of the Appropriations Committee. Now, first of all, why was the March 23rd meeting the most important meeting of the year? I mean, by comparison, assigning committee topics to the interim isn't nearly as important as figuring out the supplemental budget or deciding whether or not we're going to fund schools or turn the lights on at the prison. So why exactly is this the most important committee meeting of the year? It's not really. It's just another meeting. And Senator Kinski did not miss the meeting. He was attending via Zoom, just like House Majority Floor Leader Chip Nyman. Back to the article from The Cow Pie, and this is just another example as to why they've earned such an auspicious title as Cow Pie. And I quote, 
Although Kinski attended the management council meeting virtually, he only spoke during the afternoon portion of the meeting and, for the most part, only while discussing the interim topics the Joint Appropriations Committee would handle. He was the only member of the council not to attend in person. That isn't even remotely true. Representative and Majority Floor Leader Chip Nyman, who is also a member of the Management Council Committee, was also participating virtually. And they weren't the only ones. There were other chairmen who were participating in the meeting via Zoom. And by the way, there's no rule that says that anybody has to attend these meetings in person, though I'm sure that it looks better if you are there. There's no reason why you couldn't participate via Zoom. It's almost the summertime, and a lot of people have a lot of different things going on. That's why the legislature has allowed participation online. Anyhow, the article's author, Leah Wolfson, should have known that that was the case because he was there. If you watch the video of the entire meeting, you can see Leo Wolfson several times during the course of the meeting. Anyhow, the meeting went off without a hitch, and there wasn't a single problem that was brought up. Nonetheless... President Ogden Driscoll is saying that Kinski's absence from this meeting is the reason why he was removing him from the third most powerful position in the entire Senate. From the article, Driscoll said he didn't see the same level of effort to attend that meeting from Kinski, who's also on management council. Quote, This was the most important committee meeting of the year, Driscoll said. It was disheartening that he wasn't there. Driscoll said that's why he removed Kinski from his chairmanship of the Senate Appropriations Committee. End quote. But there's some question as to whether or not Driscoll can actually remove any committee chairman from any committee or remove any person from committee membership without a vote of the Senate. You see, the Wyoming Senate works a little bit differently than the Wyoming House. In the House of Representatives, it is the Speaker of the House who decides who is on what committee and who the chairman is. In the Senate, it's completely different. While the Senate president does nominate those people to the committee, it is brought before a vote of the body. That is, the full Senate to confirm all of them. Now, if you know anything about parliamentary procedure, you know that something that was put in place by a vote of the body can only be undone by a vote of the body. It wouldn't make much sense to vote on something if the presiding officer could just overrule what the members of the body wanted to do. And they can't. That's why you have Senate Rule 2-8, where we started the program that says that no change shall be made in any committee except by a vote of the majority of the members of the Senate. Now, of course, Ogden Driscoll is claiming that, well, the rules don't specifically say I can't remove somebody as chairman of a committee, so I must have that power. Well, that's why we have rules, and if you read Rule 2.8 strictly, it says any committee change. It doesn't say chairman, it doesn't say member, it says any change. And then there's the little issue of what's called the Journal Committee Report. That's a written record of what happens in either house of our legislature. On page 12, and of course I'll post this at CowboyStatePolitics.com so that you can read it for yourself, but on page 12, all of the committee members are listed out as well as the committee chairman. And at the bottom of the page, it says, and I quote, President Driscoll, quote, If there is no objection, the standing committees you have just heard will stand as read and be your committees for the Senate 67th Legislature of Wyoming, end quote. You hear this phrase a lot in the legislature, if there is no objection. 
What that means is if nobody stands up and says, I object, then it is considered a unanimous vote on whatever it is that you're talking about. In this case, it was the committee assignments and the chairmanships. In other words, unless there's a significant rules violation and a vote by the whole Senate, a committee chairman, that is, any change in a committee, cannot be removed. No matter if it's Ogden Driscoll, Wilford Brimley, Mark Gordon, or otherwise, you have to have a vote by the body. Those are the rules that everybody agreed to before the game started, and they're the rules that even Ogden Driscoll has to play by. But this isn't half of the story. There's the matter of how Dave Kinski was informed of Ogden Driscoll's imperious decision. By a voicemail. Not an official letter, not even an email. A voicemail. And there might also be an alternate theory as to why all of this is happening, and I'll give both of those to you after the break. Cowboy State Politics is brought to you by the most amazing sock company that I've ever come across. My friends, I am a sock aficionado. Being a type 1 diabetic and having some neuropathy in my legs, I know a good pair of socks when I see one. And I'm telling you, the Buffalo Wool Company compression socks are absolutely amazing. They feel incredible on my feet. In fact, uh, they actually reduce the pain in my feet just by wearing them. And here's another cool thing about them. Though we haven't had some really hot weather in Wyoming yet, I have worn them for a couple of days in my boots outside where it's been you know, reasonably warm and my feet have been kept cool and dry the entire time. So if you have problems with your feet or if you just want a great pair of socks to wear in your boots or anywhere else for that matter, you should really check, it, check them out from The Buffalo Wool Company. You can go to their website, thebuffalowoolco.com. Morton Buildings is one of the nation's leading manufacturers of metal structures, and they've got an office right here in Wyoming in Sheridan. And it's spring, so you should really be thinking about talking to them about that structure you've been considering on your property. Whether it's a barn or a roping arena or maybe just a garage or perhaps you need a warehouse for your business, give Nick and Jesse a call. Their phone number is 307-674-2532 or you can check them out on their website at mortonbuildings.com. It's Saturday morning and you know what I'm thinking about? Hot wings. Hot wings from the Wing It food truck. They make the most incredible wings in the state of Wyoming. And it's not just hot wings. They make several other different flavors. I personally recommend the garlic parmesan wings. They're amazing. The way that you can figure out where this truck is going to be is go to cowboystatepolitics.com and look underneath the sponsors tab and you can find their schedule there. That way, you can plan your entire week around where this truck is going to be. That's the Wing It Food Truck. And now, back to the program. On Thursday's live broadcast, I mentioned that I've got a gigantic story that I've been working on. I'm going to release it on May the 10th, so make sure that you put that on your calendar because you definitely don't want to miss this episode. My friends, I'm telling you, it's huge. 
Okay, so before the break, we were talking about Ogden Driscoll's attempts to remove Senator Dave Kinski as the Senate Appropriations Committee chairman. Now, a good piece of advice for just about anyone, or Ogden Driscoll in this case, is make sure that you proofread your emails before you hit the old send button, especially when you're a little bit irritated, or you might want to be careful of what you leave on a voice message. The method by which Ogden Driscoll chose to inform Senator Kinski of his demotion was not through an email or a certified letter or any official thing. It was through a voicemail. Apparently, that's the Senate version of getting the facts that says you're fired on it. Not only is that highly unprofessional, it's kind of a dumb move. Nowadays, just about everything can be recorded. Being a voicemail, it automatically was. But here's the other thing. Voicemails can be forwarded to different people, and this one certainly was. Cowboy State Politics has obtained the voicemail left by Ogden Driscoll on Senator Dave Kinski's phone. Here it is. Hey, Dave. It's Ogden checking in on Donna. Hey, I've been really wanting to talk to you. I am going to uh, pull you off as chair of approach. And uh, it wasn't the way I wanted to tell you, but I missed you. I was pretty disappointed you didn't show up at management council and uh, drove up the other day. But I'm going to go ahead and move you across and get it where you've got enough time to dedicate fully to vice president and get ready to move on up. So uh, give me a holler or I'll call back and catch up with you soon. Thanks. It seems to me, if you're the third most powerful person in the Wyoming Senate, you would probably get a certified letter or an email or something like that. Not with Ogden Driscoll, though. You get it in a voicemail. But there's something that is really, really important in what he said there. I am going to remove you. He didn't say, I'm going to bring it before the body to remove you as chairman, or I'm going to bring it up for a vote, or anything like that. He said, I am going to remove you. Which, of course, according to the rules, he cannot do. But the way that he phrased it, I'm going to remove you, means that he didn't even consult the rules before he made that decision. He didn't even pay any attention to them. He just assumed that as Senate president, he has that power. Which, of course, according to Senate Rule 2.8, he doesn't. And according to the Senate Journal Committee report, he absolutely agreed that Dave Kinski was going to be the chairman of appropriations for the entirety of the session. Of course, barring a vote from the body. But Ogden Driscoll doesn't have the power to remove a committee chairman without the consent of the body. But let me give you an alternate theory as to why all of this is happening. During the very same Management Council Committee meeting, the one that Dave Kinsey was accused of missing, even though he was participating virtually for the entirety of the meeting, there was created an ethics subcommittee to handle any complaints about legislators. You would think, given the volume of complaints that have been leveled recently against people like Cyrus Western and Carly Provenza, that there would be some discussion of this. But there really wasn't. Here's how that came into being. All right. And, and now, uh, to follow up on that, a subcommittee for complaints. And uh, so, and this, this is, a, it's late in the day for this, but we got we to gotta pull through here. So, Matt, take it over. Yeah, Mr. Chairman, I mean, that sounds like the subcommittee no one wants to be on, right? <laughs> but um, it, it's actually um, a subcommittee to uh, look at the process for uh, 
handling of ethics complaints against legislature, legislators. You know, the Senate actually didn't adopt Joint Rule 22-1 this year. So there is no written process in the Senate for dealing with ethical complaints. Um, this issue was brought up to the uh, Management Council of the 66th Legislature, uh, wanted to forward it onto this legislature for appointment of members of a subcommittee. So really all we need is um, a vote uh, to allow the speaker and president to appoint two members from their house, um, from their houses to look at this issue and report back to you um, on it before the 2024 session. I'd entertain that motion. Is there a second? Second. It's moved and seconded. All those in favor? Aye. All those opposed? Motion carries. I appoint uh, Yin and Zwanitzer. And you can appoint later too if you no, want. I'm, to I'm doing it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to get some of these appointments done. <laughs> so, uh, all right, let's go on. Mine will be Nethercott and Rothfuss. I, I actually was going to do a three member committee on my own, but I think this is going to cover it. So, okay. Uh, a question for Mr. Ulbrich. Uh, are we going to be allowed within this to do our own Senate rule with our two people to do it? Because we're going to have a Senate half of this that falls through. And if not, I'll appoint a separate one that does the Senate half. I, Mr. Chairman, it's really up to the subcommittee on what they decide to do. There's no real need. I mean, the, the joint rule really, I mean, while it's got the same process or had the same process, it's absolutely, uh, you know, Senate centric or house centric there's not you know i mean there's there's not a mixing of members so you can Perfect. come up with your own um process if you want got it thank yeah. you all so right we'll, i'll just use our two senator nethercott i've talked with rothfuss matt obrecht is the head of the legislative service office that's who you heard explaining what this committee is going to do but there's something really important that's right there at the end ogden driscoll asks if they can do whatever they want in the senate and Matt Obrecht replied, well, now it's up to whatever the committee decides. So the question is, who is on the Ethics and Complaint Committee? You're going to love this. I'm pretty sure Kierkegaard couldn't come up with a better combination. Ethics rock stars such as Eric Barlow, Chris Rothfuss, Mike Yin, and Mr. Ethics himself, Dan Zwanitzer. Ha, <laughs> Really? Who wouldn't want the guy that gerrymandered his new house into his old district so he could keep his old seat, all the while claiming that he never moved? Like I said, ethics rock stars. And the Senate chairman? Senator Slithers herself, Tara Nethercott, who also happens to be the same person that Ogden Driscoll wants to replace Dave Kinski on the Appropriations Committee. Yeah! Uh-huh. So that way, when an ethics complaint is submitted about what Ogden Driscoll did to Dave Kinski, that complaint will go to this committee, and the very first person who will lay her hands on it is the very person that would benefit from Ogden Driscoll's unethical behavior. In other words, if she were to rule in favor of the complainant, that would also mean she would have to stop being the third most powerful person in the Wyoming Senate. In this scenario, of course, but there again, this is just all purely hypothetical. I'm sure none of it ever crossed Ogden Driscoll's mind when he set up this whole thing. And here's another thing. Look at the makeup of this committee. There isn't a single conservative on it. 
So you don't suppose this committee would happen to side in favor of less conservative people in the Wyoming legislature, do you? No, I'm sure that wouldn't happen at all. Considering the high volume of ethics complaints and that none of them were directed at any of the conservatives, one can only imagine how this incredibly incestuous ethics committee is going to turn out. Irony defined, my friends. Anyhow, I'll keep my ears peeled on this whole thing and let you know how it turns out. That'll about do it for this installment of Weekend Update. Have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll talk again on Monday. But for now, from the base of the Bighorns, in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, I'm David Iverson, and this is the one and only Cowboy State Politics. <laughs>